0: Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench. We're here with you until 7 p.m., a packed hour of sports coming away now and 7 o'clock as we look back on Cork's big win over Westmead. we we'll are talking to Cork boss Kieran Kingston in just a little bit to get his reaction going to go around the grounds in the Premier League last day of the season see where everyone finished up and who got European football who got Champions League football we'll be wrapping that up in just a little bit also on the show tonight we are going to talk golf We're going to talk to Corkman John Murphy about his Walker Cup experience playing that a couple of weeks back and the nickname that George W. Bush of all people gave them and we're talking to Glenville as well about their very very interesting fundraiser that's all coming up between now and 7 o'clock on the
1: Big Red Bench
2: aye,
0: aye, aye, aye. Aye, 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 aye. Really glad you could join us on the show this evening just to wrap up all the day's action before we kick in to the good stuff we're going to talk to Kieran Kingston very very shortly and we're going to have reaction from around the grounds those reports just filing in at the moment so we'll get to those in just a little bit but as I mentioned Cork with that big win today over Westmeath down in Parky Cueve this was Colm O'Sullivan's full time report
3: yeah, we're full-time here at Porky Cueve in the Alliance National Hurling League between Cork and Westmeath. And Cork, easy winners. A very, very routine victory for Cork here this afternoon. A big scoreline too. The final score at Porky Cueve. Cork, 7-27. Westmeath, 15 points. Cork getting seven goals. Those goals coming in the shape of two from Alan Connolly, two goals from Patrick Horgan as well, and one apiece from Luke Mead, Shane Barrett, and Alan Cadigan. So a good spread of goal scorers and an even bigger spread of point scorers for Cork today a very very convincing win here against a Westmeath side who weren't really at the races at all today but Cork um, putting in a very good performance and an easy win for them 7 at 27 to 15 points here at Porky Grieve. Cork versus Westmeath and an easy win for Cork yeah, Kieran Kingston coming up in just a little bit we get uh, reaction on that
0: game as well elsewhere today Waterford have beaten the All-Ireland Champions Limerick 122-21 points at Walsh Park today Jack Fagan with the goal for the Dacia the result means that John Callies Still looking for their first win in the campaign. Elsewhere in Division One B, Clare beating least 227 to 117 at O'More Park. Elsewhere today in football, Dublin and Kerry playing out a 49 to 118 draw in their Allianz National Football League Division One South game at Simple Stadium. Conor Callahan and Cormac Costello with two goals each for the All Ireland champions. David Clifford found the back of the net from the penalty spot deep into injury time for the Kingdom. The Dubs led by six at half time. Kerry boss Peter Keane was pleased with how his side fought back after the break.
4: I thought we put in a great third quarter game appeared to me to be a bit flat in the first half um, maybe Dublin mightn't feel that but it just seemed a bit dead um, and I think we injected a bit of life into it the third quarter but again look, I suppose we were lucky to get out of it at the end of the day but we got a draw so
0: In the Lidl Ladies National Football League Dublin beat Waterford 6-15 2-12 in their Division 1 B game at Parnell Park elsewhere in Division 1A Donegal beating Westmead 2-13 2-1-7 in Ballybuffet off in Portic Harrington Best of the Irish He's one under power Through two holes In his final round. Of the PGA Championship Shane Lowry is two shots Back on one over Also after two holes Roy McIlroy is four over Through twelve That means he is Eleven shots Drift of the lead That is being held by Phil Mickelson he's a shot ahead of Brooks Koepka that should be a very very interesting round tonight elsewhere in racing the Aidan O'Brien trained Empress Josephine has won the Tattersall's Irish Thousand Guineas at the Curse today the three-year-old going off at a starting price of 14 to 1 the favourite pretty gorgeous trained by Joseph O'Brien could only manage 7th and in motorsport, Max Verstappen has won the Monaco Grand Prix the Red Bull driver has gone top of the Drivers' Championship with that win Carlos Sainz was second with Lando Norris in third we'll start with Gaelic Games we'll go around the grounds in the Premier League in just a little bit but we'll start with Gaelic Games going to talk to Colm O'Sullivan who's down in Porky Cleave, in just a little bit first though the reaction of Kieran Kingston following Cork's big win over Westmeath earlier on today a good win for the Rebels 7-27 to 15 points that's how it finished down the park
1: in a game like that you're, you're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't if you don't win by 20 points you're no good and if you do win by 20 points you should have won by 30 so it's it's difficult to know what to take from it but I wouldn't look at that game in, in its own right we I said it before the start of the league that we would look at the league probably after three games and we've a better sense of where we're at you know where do you believe you're at then are you happy with where you're at after after the three yeah, games yeah in principle yeah like we've I three weeks ago if you said to me we'd have I suppose five points on the board after the three games I'd have probably accepted that given we have, were playing the All-Ireland Finalists and then the All-Ireland Champions of two years ago as part of that so uh, and two games at home we'd have probably taken that uh, but like I suppose it has number one number two I think it's given us an opportunity to build a bit of momentum but also to look at some of our panel um, where we kind of took an attitude of rotating four or five each game and we did that again today obviously we the in was a lot more than that but like that gave us an opportunity as well to see can we give guys a, a chance and also to build um, try and build a, build a squad for championship sure you know, I was going to get that like, I mean I don't to be honest I don't, I don't read too much of that you know we kind of my attitude is we have a group of players we have a back room and we are working together as a unit we keep all, all I suppose all other stuff outside the group and we try and do the best we can um, I think if you go back to the championship last year there's probably a lot of people who were Maybe having comments passed if there were, and I'm not on any social media, so I can comment. But uh, about um, not hitting, about hitting the ball long down on top of a sweeper, they were probably the same people who were saying last week um, why didn't you hit it long? So <laughs> you're never going to win with some people. But I think the key thing is a lot of people, a lot didn't realize that that temporary setup of a sweeper last week. Uh, so therefore, like me um, we to walk the ball a little bit differently. And yes, at times did we over elaborate? Hundred percent, were we lateral at times too much? But um, the all-time was pocketed on top of a uh, uh, seven defenders and six attackers. You no, know?
0: Kieran, were you a little worried. We say before the first goal,
1: um, you know, there was a few bad voids early on, and maybe things weren't weren't clicking. Well, you know, was there any fear that, that there might have been a bit of complacency? Well, I think at the start, look. Like, I mean, if you look back over the game, I think our first quarter was was sloppy, yeah. poor. Um, okay the goal kind of settled us a bit but I think we really didn't settle until the water break we had a few bad boys as you say we were sloppy coming out of this out of defence. our decision making at times was was uh, was poor let's, let's call a spade a spade and I think it took the the break where we kind of uh, pushed up on their puck outs and um got a shape a little bit better and our decision making was better on I thought we had a very good second quarter and a very good third quarter but, abs- but absolutely our first quarter was, was poor
0: I presume you're very happy with the way that the, the goal chances were worked like you know the, the interplay with fellas and you know just the, the sharp passing like and the confidence of fellas to be able to to work the opportunity rather
1: than going for the easy point yeah I mean that's something we're working on I mean, look, we spoke about it before and, and, and well there's times you that'll come off and other times it won't and you just have to take your point but uh, when they come off it's great um, and it did at times today and it did at times the other games but other times it doesn't and you'll get turned over and that's obviously that's, uh, that, that's the disappointing side of it but yeah at times it worked today but look with respect to Westmead we got a, I suppose today was really about focusing on us um, see could we back a performance with a performance with a performance and not bring any complacency into our game today uh, number one no. secondly we weren't taking anything for granted uh, we may have done that last year up in Westmead and we were very, very lucky to get a result up there. Really lucky. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was in the back of our minds uh, today. We didn't want to be in a dogfight with 15, 20 minutes to go.
0: And are you glad to have the extra week to prepare for the Limerick game now rather than coming in straight off the back of this and maybe, you know, coming into a completely
1: different kind of a game unprepared? Yeah, look, um, we've had three games in 21 days. Um, uh, after having a a six month break, so uh, with three weeks training, so the break is welcome. We give the as a bit of a downtime this week and prepare for um, back at it during the week, obviously, and uh, prepare for 13 days' time against Limerick. So uh, it is a good it is good timing to have a break. Yeah, absolutely, because players are mentally and physically have put a lot into the last six weeks three weeks prep and three weeks games and uh, after such a break that's that's challenging on, on, on their f- I suppose their uh, players and also everybody involved and you pick up a little few niggles and bits and pieces with the volume so we're trying to manage that the best we can by using the panel
0: Alright so that was Cork Boss Kieran Kingston in conversation with the Assembly Media including our own Colm O'Sullivan who's still in Porky Cueve and Colm I suppose you can only beat what's put in front of you there but like that was pretty much a training game for Cork today I'd imagine was it?
3: It was really Roar. I mean, a a training game. They might not even scored that many goals in a training session, to be honest. Seven goals for Cork today. They probably could have scored a few more in the second half. It was very, very easy. Maybe for the first 10 or 15 minutes, Cork made hard work of it in the early stages of the game in the first half. But once they got their their first goal after about nine or 10 minutes, I mean, they they just kind of ran away with it then. And then certainly in the second half, they totally took off in the second half um, within within uh, five minutes of the restart Cork had scored three goals so I mean um, they had Westmead were well out of sight at that stage, but a very very easy win against a Westmead side who just weren't at the races at all today. But Cork, um, played played very well, but I mean they could have stepped it up even more, I think. And I think Kieran Kingston alluded to that afterwards as well, and um, that they even though they got seven goals and uh, twenty seven points, maybe they still weren't at their best, uh, which probably says more about Westmead than Cork. But a very easy game for Cork today. I don't think you can you can kind of judge anything Cork did too much today, but they'll be very happy with the win. They'll be very happy with getting so many goals and so points and I think they'll be happy with their campaign so far really the win over Waterford the draw drawing tip last week and uh, the big win here today as well
0: and Cork scoring goals as well which uh, is a positive seven mm-hmm. today and they score goals throughout this campaign so far
3: they have. They got um, seven today, as we know. Um, the seven goals coming from Patrick Horgan got two, as we'd expect. Uh, two from Alan Connolly. Luke Meek got a goal. Shane Barrett and uh, Alan Cadigan with the other one as well. And uh, they got five goals here um, a few weeks ago um, against Waterford. And they got two up and tip last week. So Cork have scored, um, is that 12 goals in, in the first three games? Uh, more, actually, 14 goals in the first three games. So that's a lot of goals, Roar, which bodes well for the rest of the season as they headed to the Championship now across the summer and things as well, you'd like to see them keep up that level of goal scoring Um, they're not obviously going to score 7 goals too often, I think someone was saying afterwards the last time they got that many goals in a game was something like 2011 or 2012 Um, so that shows you that it's a very rare thing but uh, definitely Cork scoring a lot of goals and 27 points on top of the goals today as well so a huge scoreline for Cork Um, and uh, they'll be delighted with that but uh, against relatively poor opposition
0: Uh, Who stood out for Cork today Colm?
3: Um, a lot of players stood out, really, I suppose. You'll have to say the likes of Alan Cadigan played very well. He got a goal. Um, he got a, a quite a few points as well. Patrick Horgan getting points today, getting two goals. Again, Again, always getting a lot of scores for Cork. Patrick Horgan always stands out. Uh, Alan Conley played well. He got two goals as well. Uh, Luke Mead was amongst the goal scorers and uh, got quite a few points for Cork as well today. So they're the kind of main guys who stood out. But gave Kieran Kingston... A chance, as he mentioned a little while ago himself, to to rotate things a little bit. And he brought a lot of guys in, especially in the second half. And he's using these games, as he said himself, as you he heard it a while ago, to kind of to get guys ready for championship and so on. And, and the more players that he gets the opportunity to use, all the better and gives give guys game time for Cork. Um, and I mean, a game like today where you're so far in the lead um, is the perfect opportunity to do it. Uh,
0: we heard um, Dennis ask Kieran there if he'd prefer to, to be in action against Limerick next week or is he glad of the yeah. week off. Uh, it's uh, two weeks now until they face uh, Limerick, uh, the All-Ireland champions, beaten today by Waterford. But that should be a cracker and a good test column of where Cork are.
3: Yeah, I think it's 13 days time to take on Limerick and that will be a cracker. That will be a real test of where Cork are. That'll probably be their, their, their toughest test so far, but they'll come into it in confident mode after the today's win and uh, and are three results so far I think they, they won't fear anything but obviously it's going to be a very very difficult game for Cork but uh, I think here in Kingston was kind of happy that, that they actually have a, a break of 13 or 14 days now because um, as he said they like they came in with three games in three weeks back to back games weekend after weekends, uh, after such a long layoff um, with the COVID lockdown and so on, um, it was a pretty tough schedule. So, I mean, a little break now before that Limerick game is probably exactly what they needed and, I mean, they'll, they'll be in great form after today.
0: And certainly with that game taking place uh, in Limerick on Saturday evening of the 5th of June at 7.15. Uh, come, thanks for talking to us and, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the game certainly did roar thanks a million yeah good stuff there thank you Colm uh, good stuff from Cork as well today um, very very good uh, against uh, what Colm has described it as a poor Westmeath team today but you can only beat what's put in front of you and Cork did that in style today seven goals the Rebels scored in all this afternoon uh, fantastic stuff uh, from Kieran Kingston's side now the conference the world of good and again as uh, we mentioned uh, Limerick it's come in 13 days time which should be an absolutely cracking cracking game going to wrap up all today's Premier League action last day of the season and it's ended in heartbreak for Leicester City who missed out in Champions League football yet again Nikesh Raghani is at the King Power Stadium
3: they finished Leicester 2 Tottenham 4 Leicester's Champions League qualification hopes were ended with this defeat on the final day their second season in a row where they've been in the top four for so long only to fall away right at the end two Jamie Vardy penalties either side of a Harry Kane goal, Look to be sending Brendan Rodgers' side on their way, but they conceded an equaliser in the second half. Credit is a Casper Schmeichel own goal after a fumble from a corner, and then as Leicester pushed on for their winner, they left gaps at the back, and they were uh, duly accepted by Gareth Bale, the super sub for Tottenham, who grabbed a couple of late goals to perhaps flatter Tottenham in terms of the result. Uh, but Leicester, once again, not quite good enough to sit at Europe's top table. It finished Leicester two, Tottenham four.
0: That's where Manchester United beating Wolves 2-1. Clive Edwards is at Molyneux.
1: It's finished. Wolves one, Manchester United two. United had made ten changes for this game, but they were good enough to beat Wolves. Elango opened the scoring for them in the thirteenth minute. Samito equalised on thirty-nine, just before half-time. Mata scored with a controversial penalty to give Manchester United a lead, which they kept throughout a rather tame second half. It was a sad way, really, for the Wolves boss Nuno to end his career here, but that's the way it is. It's Wolves one, Man United two. Chelsea, meanwhile, getting Champions
0: League football, even though they lost to Aston Villa today. Abigail Davies is at Villa Park.
3: Standby, by Network Stations this is your full-time report from Villa Chelsea coming to
0: uh, that hasn't been edited so we went until she comes to 3-2-1 and we'll go again
3: Chelsea won here Chelsea securing a top four finish despite losing this one goals from Bertrand Traore and Al Ghazi gave Villa the lead before Ben Chilwell halved the deficit a game in which Chelsea dominated possession and created the better chances but just weren't clinical enough as news filtered through that Spurs were beating Leicester Thomas Tuchel could be seen on the touchline with his thumbs up telling his players to stay calm as Pellicueta clearly didn't get the message he was sent off a swinging his arm up and catching Jack Grealish in the face it finished Aston Villa 2, Chelsea 1
0: Liverpool finishing third today and wrapping up their season with a win over Crystal Palace Shane Pennington's on Anfield
3: Liverpool 2, Crystal Palace 0 and it's mission accomplished for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool who made sure their returning fans have Champions League football to look forward to next season after they registered a comfortable win over Crystal Palace as Roy Hodgson ends his managerial career with defeat. Sadio Mane fired home from close range to give them the lead and Mane got his and Liverpool's second with 17 minutes left when his shot deflected off Cahill and beat Guaita. At all means Liverpool finished third in the Premier League table. Liverpool 2, Crystal Palace 0.
0: Elsewhere, the champions Manchester City rounding out their campaign with a big win over Everton today Peter Smith City five, Everton 0, City were two ahead of the break thanks to De Bruyne and Jesus. Edison saved a Sigurdsson penalty before Foden made it three, but on 64 minutes Sergio Aguero was summoned for his final City appearance. One goal short of the 183 Premier League record for one club. He leveled that with an outstanding finish with the outside of his right foot before setting the all-time record of 184 City goals with a bullet header. Manchester City 5, Everton 0. Peter enjoyed that one anyway. Arsenal have beaten Brighton 2-0 today. Andrew Cheel.
2: Arsenal 2, Brighton 0. A straightforward and deserved win, courtesy of two goals from Nicolas Pepe early in the second assist. Gabriel's looping header and Partey's well-controlled volley on the turn both hit the Brighton bar. Your backs wasted a promising 2-on-2 break for Brighton with the game
1: goalless, but overall the visitors can have no complaints. Arsenal 2, Brighton 0.
0: Sheffield United still finished bottom, but at least they rounded off their campaign with the win, Davies and
3: Sheffield United 1, Burnley 0. The Blades Premier League dreams come to an end with a win, their seventh of the
0: season and it was David McGoldrick who won them the points today. He said they've only scored 20 goals all season. He scored eight of them and McGoldrick's 24th minute strike, curling effort past Will Norris from 20 yards was more than enough to win what was in the end a very poor game of football. Uh, Burnley offered very little indeed. They were save a few weeks back and you could absolutely tell that they were but it's Sheffield United who do, will take the ovation of their home fans and head towards the Championship. Sheffield United one, Burnley nil. Yeah, great to hear um, crowds in those full-time reports uh, from the reporters around the grounds today compared to the, the silence that they've been reporting in for the entire season. And it's to Ellen Roby going next. Adam Drury reporting Leeds win over West Brom.
3: Leeds strolled to a comfortable 3-1 win over West Brom And they took the lead on 17 when Rodrigo headed in a Rafinha corner The lead was 2 on 42 when Calvin Phillips scored from a 25-yard free kick The result was put beyond any doubt 11 minutes from time As Patrick Bamford slotted home a penalty The Baggies did manage a 90th minute consolation through Hal Robson-Carnou But it's a result that secures Leeds a respectful ninth place finish on their first season back in the Prem Full-time at Ellen Road, it finished lead 3, West Brom 1
0: Newcastle beating Fulham today Nigel Bidmead to Craven College Fulham 0, Newcastle 2. Joe Willock equalled Alan Shearer's Newcastle club record by scoring in his seventh consecutive league game. He shot home after a long run from inside his
3: own half. Two minutes from time, Matt Ritchie was fouled in the box. Fabian Shah tucked away the penalty. Fulham had chances, but their finishing, as it has been all season, was woeful.
0: Fulham 0, Newcastle 2. And rounding things up is West Ham's win over Southampton, Guy Swindles.
1: West Ham 3, Southampton 0. The Hammers do what they had to do, win and secure
4: sixth place
0: and a place in next year's Europa League. They have Pablo Fornal's double in the 30th and 33rd minute for setting them on their way. And then skipper Declan Rice with minutes to go. A fine solo effort to wrap up the points. Southampton, well they had their chances, they simply didn't take them. West Ham did. West Ham 3, Southampton 0. So that's European football Europa League football For West Ham next season They finished just above The relegation zone last season So midfielder Declan Rice Says it's a big achievement for them I'm buzzing Delighted So on the goal I'm I'm happy to score today Because obviously I missed The penalty against West Brom So to score today To end the season Get Europa League After last year
1: What we went through You know it's a massive day For the club
0: And this is the reaction Of uh, Chelsea defender Ben Chilwell After they finished fourth Even though they lost To Villa today
1: Nowhere near good enough Today as a team I think we have to take that like I said, we're in the Champions League next season, it's, it's been a difficult long year for every team. We've managed to secure a top four, not how we would have wanted today.
0: And that wraps up the Premier League for the season let us know what you thought of the the, the season overall 0868104106 and guess your thoughts on what you thought of the Premier League season Manchester City champions uh, finishing uh, ahead of Manchester United 8 points clear of Manchester United or 12 points clear of Manchester United I beg your pardon and uh, with Liverpool finishing third very strong uh, into the season for Liverpool in their last 10 games winning eight and drawing two and Chelsea getting that fourth Champions League spot Leicester City uh, West Ham Tottenham uh, with a uh, Yeah, Europa League football and uh, Fulham West Brom and Sheffield United going down and uh, yeah not a fantastic season by any stretch of the imagination really affected by the lack of crowds I think due to COVID but fantastic 10,000 fans uh, in grounds today and who knows by the start of next season could be at full capacity um, at the uh, end of August so look uh, reasons to be hopeful but great to hear crowd reactions and uh, proper crowd reactions at matches as well because the can stuff uh, on the TV channels just doesn't cut it and uh, fantastic to hear crowd reactions and even the crowd in those reports they're absolutely fantastic fantastic to see as we inch back towards normality or whatever we remember normality to be before March of 2020. I'm right, going to talk, uh, Gillet Games now and a fantastic fundraising idea from Glenville GA Club, uh, as they look to raise funds for their newly built 3G pitch. They're encouraging people to run, walk or cycle the 252 kilometre distance from Glenville to Crow Park from now until the end of August, or more accurately, on uh, the 29th of August. Now for more on it, I spoke to Glenville PRO John O'Connor.
4: I we started to get fit there recently, back in February, and I came across, um, one of these virtual races went, when Sanyo Sullivan was holding and I thought uh, we need new ways to get uh, to new and novel ways for fundraising for our new 3G pitch over in Glenville and uh, I thought why not from Crow Park to Glenville hopefully it's not the only way we get to Crow Park this year for Court which uh, <laughs> um, might be looking like it now but uh, so I said that uh, uh, why wouldn't we do that We'd start it, uh, this Last Saturday the day The first day Of the National Football League And finish it On uh, All-Iron Final Football Day On 29th of August mm-hmm. To coincide with that But of course People can do it in, Like some cyclists Would do it in a couple of days And some runners Would do it in a couple of weeks So it just gives Anybody who wants to take part Plenty of time to do it yeah,
0: So basically People have three months To do the challenge But it's a, it's a lengthy enough one John isn't it
4: Two hundred fifty-two kilometers. Yeah, it's 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 length enough to give you a challenge, but not too long that you, that it's not uh, there for anybody who do, who does a bit of walking. It really only averages out about ten miles, sixteen kilometers a week, which mm-hmm. isn't which is very achievable for anybody. Really, I think.
0: Yeah, It certainly is. Yeah. And what's the uptake been like? What's the the buzz been like about it?
4: Oh, it's been very good with people all over the world after joining up now because I've been pushing it on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere. So it's uh, the, the, like with people sending in photographs from Amsterdam and places like that have doing their walk, which is great. And, and there's also a lot of locals doing it and, and families. It's about 30% is families, which is brilliant.
0: And fundraising, of course, for the 3G pitch, will be, which will be fantastic for the club, I suppose, but just uh, fantastic for the Glenville community as a whole as well. Hmm.
4: It is, like it opened there. We opened it there about three weeks ago and like virtually every team now has been able to play on it and it's it's fantastic. Like it's it's really state of the art and uh you know, it gives a great buzz and lift to the club because we did we put in a new car park and viewing area as well and it really smartens up the ground and it it's great to have new facilities for people after the year we've had as well, especially.
0: Yeah, and the weather we have at the moment the three G pitch is vital, isn't it?
4: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we get we get plenty of rain up in Linville as well. Um, yeah, it, like and it, it's just brilliant to be fair. now,
0: overall, John. I mean, like um, training back, and matches on the horizon as well. Um, it's fantastic to see activity not just in in your own club, but in GA clubs around the county as a whole.
4: Absolutely, it is. It's fantastic. And in two weeks' time, the uh, competitions head off from last year with the Junior B semi final and the Junior C semi final, which uh, I, uh, even at my age I'm still part of the panel. Uh, <laughs> we'll be playing these Cox semi finals, playing uh, against Milton and uh, Liz Gould, um, which will be, it'll be fantastic just to, to get back on playing competitive games again. And it gives a real lift to the community. And we had last year, we had 74 adults play. In uh, competitions, which is huge for small for a small parish.
0: Yeah, talk to us about the last year. I suppose I know it's been difficult to, uh, around the country for every club, but like for, for your own club, Glenville, like how has it been? I mean, like you obviously haven't been able to train and meet up and have that social aspect. And uh, as you mentioned as well, fundraising has taken a hit when you're doing things like this.
4: Well, the first thing we did and it came from the players itself. Uh, we did a shave, a shave or die last year for Pieta House which yeah. is we have them sponsored on our jersey and stuff, and uh, we raised over seven grand which is great. Uh, I lost my hair there for a small bit, but uh, it grew back anyway, which is the important thing. Um, And then we, during the first lockdown, we arranged then that uh, we had a rota of people who would deliver messages and uh, prescriptions for the people in the community who couldn't get out, for the older generation and and infirm. And it was, that worked really well. Um, So it was us giving back to the community because they gave us so much, because we've raised about half the money we need for the 3G origin. That was from the local community. Mm-hmm. They've been brilliant to us, so it was, t- t- it was great for us to be able to give something back to them.
0: Yes, certainly so. All right, John, if anyone wants to, to take part in this challenge, how do they go about it?
4: Yeah, they uh, if they go on to My Run Results and I, on, and just click in on Glenville, and it's very straightforward. You just register there, and then as they go along, anytime if they do two kilometres of a walk or a run, they just put in their results and their time, and they just add on to it every time they do one. And uh, it, it, as they go along, they get different badges, virtual badges. Like they start off with Linville, then they go to Cork, Tip, Kilkenny, Leash, Kildare, and then finish in Dublin. And uh, you can track, there's all different age categories as well. You can see how you're doing against other people of your age. And uh, so my run results, is, and it's very straightforward. All the details are there.
0: And there's a fantastic shirt uh, <laughs> for grabs as well. I'm very proud of designing that. <laughs> it's class. Yeah, I it's think genuinely <laughs> class.
4: I think my crew i might have to change careers midstream now and uh, go <laughs> into designing. And uh, and also the the medal as well. We were trying to hopefully the people from America and Australia. It's 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 a, a map of Ireland, mm. which I think is is that is with the which I caught with Linville to um for and it looks very cool as well. So and a beanie had to keep it warm in the winter. <laughs> and the black and yellow is really distinctive <laughs> as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the club colours as well. Yeah, you see, so it's just yeah. So, like just, uh, yeah. so uh, yeah, we're we're hoping that will attract more people. And there's also three prizes as well. Then there's, there's no 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 prize for coming first. That's just a, it's a challenge for each each individual. Mm. But uh, we have three spot prizes then of a yearly club lotto subscription, which is eighteen thousand one hundred at the moment. Mm. Uh, Fifty euro club voucher and a club jersey as well. Then so just for for people taking part.
0: Excellent stuff. John, really a pleasure talking to you today. Uh, best of luck with the challenge and uh, keep us posted.
4: Thank you very much, Rory. That's
0: yes, John O'Connor there of Glenville GA Club. Really interesting uh, fundraising drive as uh, they're asking people to run, walk, or, or cycle the uh, 292 kilometres from uh, Cork to or from Glenville to uh crow park uh really really interesting stuff and we'll have the details on our twitter at big red bench So let to come on the show uh we're going to talk golf we're going to talk to kinsale's john murphy who was in action in the walker cup uh two weeks back now at this stage uh, about his experiences about turning pro very very soon and a very interesting conversation he had with former u.s president george w bush and the nickname that george bush gave him that's coming up next
2: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at
0: redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. So, you could join us on the Big Red Bench on this uh, Sunday evening, on a day where the Premier League has wrapped up and everyone Chelsea qualifying for the Champions League. On the final day of the season, Leicester City losing out. They'll uh, no, uh, and and Tottenham um, will now compete. Uh, they they lost four two to Tottenham, I should say. And Tottenham will now compete in the new uh, Europa Conference League. And a good day for Cork as well uh, with that big win over Westmeath. We heard from Kieran Kingston earlier. If you missed that, you can get it on our podcast, which will be available on redfm.ie uh just after the show. All right, going to talk golf now and a fantastic uh, interview, a fantastic chat I had with Kinsale's John Murphy earlier on in the week. As uh, We talked about his uh, Walker Cup experience, the US beating team GB&I, but uh, Murphy's certainly giving an incredible account of himself over the two days and his, t- his plans for turning pro in the next couple of weeks and leaving the amateur game behind and his conversation with George W. Bush. So this is my conversation with John Murphy.
2: I'm great, thank you. Still a bit tired, but I'm great, yeah.
0: Have you um been able to, I suppose, look back and kind of appreciate your Walker Cup experience so far?
2: Uh, no, Well, yeah, in one sense I have. I mean, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it and, and, you know, still trying to get her into those texts that I've been getting and stuff like that. So I suppose I have kind of had time to appreciate that aspect of it. But at the same time, I kind of came back and had a quick turnaround for, for another tournament. So we were... Uh, we were pretty busy the last week, so I didn't have time to. to I kind of just tried to put my phone away for a while, to be honest, just because there was, you know, plenty texts and stuff coming in. So I just kind of uh, tried to focus on, on the tournament had as opposed to getting caught up in the whole in the whole Walker Cup side of things. But yeah, certainly, I think I think now I'll have about a, a bit of week off now, so I'll have a bit of downtime to reply to to a few texts mm. and certainly think about it a bit more.
0: Talk to us uh, about the week preceding the Walker Cup because a stomach bug kind of spread between both teams.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was uh it wasn't fun to, to be a paradigm, I'll put it that way. It was um myself and Angus Flanagan, two of our players got it first and you know, just uh, just a pretty rough night, just up up all night. So it was the Tuesday evening I got it. And then uh yeah, the Tuesday night I got it and then didn't practice all day Wednesday, just kinda of stayed stayed back at the place and uh, then, you know, that that cleared. The two of us were fine after about a day, and then the Thursday evening, four more players on each team got it. So we have no idea what it was, where it came from. Uh, it was just one of those weird things. It just kind of appeared and didn't seem to want to go away. And there was talks Thursday evening of like the, you know the possibility of it being cancelled, the Walker Cup, because I mean it was it was bad. Like mm-hmm. the the sickness wasn't fun. Uh, it was worse for for some people than it was for others. You know there was there was guys losing 15-20 pounds over it. Uh, wow. You know it was it was pretty rough, but. Uh, yeah, by the time Saturday morning came, we had thankfully so ten people play the match, and we had two reserves each for COVID reasons. So the the teams made an exception that you can use the reserves if it comes to it for you know sickness purposes. So I mean, thankfully that was kind of a blessing there that we had that we had two reserves on each team that were able to fill in if needed, and uh, we went ahead with it. We got told we got told Friday evening that what the teams were, what the lineups were for the next morning, but um we didn't. uh it wasn't announced to, to the media until the Saturday morning, in case anybody else came in with the sickness. But uh, yeah, we we woke up Saturday morning, and actually every every night during the week, you know, since myself and Angus got it, I was kind of anytime I woke in the middle of the night, I just instantly turned to my phone and check the group chat, the Walker Cup group chat, just to see you know who now who's got it next. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, I woke up there at one point Friday night and turned over. And looked at my phone and nobody had got it. There was no text or anything. Everybody seemed to be sleeping pretty well. So, uh, yeah, thankfully we were we were good to go with Saturday morning.
0: So how did it, how did it affect you, I suppose, both physically and mentally? As you said, you weren't able to practice for a day and a bit. And how did you feel in the first tee then going on Saturday morning?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a fairly taxing week overall. You know, there was a lot of kind of media stuff and um, there was just a lot going on. Uh, you know, we, we had very little downtime. So to be honest, I don't think it did me a whole lot of harm just having having you know half a day just to sit down in my in my hotel room and just you know I called my family a few times I you know just talked to the people that I know most and that was I suppose kind of a blessing in disguise in one sense that I was able to to do that in the midst of all this kind of mayhem of the week um so I don't think it affected me a whole lot to be honest I certainly lost a few pounds after it you know I couldn't couldn't stomach any food for even the day after it when I was feeling fine I still wasn't able to stomach food which was strange. So uh, I I did lose probably a few pounds, and um, I probably wasn't as, as physically strong as as I could have been come Saturday morning. But I was certainly uh, still ready to go when that first heat came around, which was which was a good thing.
0: There's torrential rain here in Cork today, as interview you now. There was torrential rain in Seminole that week as well, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, but only again. I think it was the Thursday, our practice day on Thursday. There was uh, one downpour, and I looked at the golf course after the downpour. And I was like I don't know Are we going to be able To play Saturday But I don't know What they what they do there But it just drained In about probably an hour You know an hour later We were out in the golf course again And I was just I was in awe Of how it drained that well And um, yeah thankfully It didn't affect How the course played at all it, it was still pretty firm And fast for us Which was good And it, it made the, the tournament A bit more exciting
0: So what's the feeling like In your head When you're walking up To the first tee uh, About to tee off At the Walker Cup I mean like what's going Through your head At that point
2: yeah, I mean, it was a. It was just a really cool ten minutes. You know, I was on the range, and you're supposed to get to the tee. and Mark walked over together. You know, they they had the ropes there for us. We walked through the. And then, uh, you know, Mark and I just kind of turned to each other and said, look, we've, we've known each other since we were teenagers. We've played foursomes girls together growing up. We've, you know, we've always been a good pairing. Let's just, you know, appreciate what we have here. Enjoy this moment because there's very few get to experience it. So let's just, you know, we got to we got to share it together, which was kind of cool. And then uh, we got to the first tee, stood up on the first tee and um, George Bush was there. You know, it was, the, the four players are two captains and George Bush on the first tee. And uh, the whole first tee was very tense and quiet and nerve-wracking and George Bush you know was he's fairly outspoken and pretty loud so he turned to me and he goes oh there's Big Red that's what we call you know Big Red and I was like <laughs> like the whole first tee was just dead quiet and I was like "She said, I never thought I'd be called Big Red by a president but here we are <laughs> that got a good laugh which was nice so uh, yeah that kind of I, I think eased attention for, for both of us because you know everybody around the first tee could kind of hear that so uh, I think we were both a little bit more relaxed after you know that little interaction with with George Bush and then yeah I'm not going to lie over that first tee shot it, there, I couldn't really feel the golf club in my hands it was uh, you know by the time I got to hit it it kind of everything had calmed down a bit again and you know very quiet very tense and um, yeah just thankfully I managed to get a good one out there and that kind of got our day started nicely so yeah <laughs> glad I made contact with the ball
0: That's um, a surreal situation isn't it? You're teeing off the Walker Cup and George Bush has given you grief
2: Yeah yeah it's nice because I was talking we were talking to him the whole day before as well and like he's you know obviously uh I, I don't know people's opinion on them, but I, I mean, I didn't really care. I just thought it was cool. I was getting to talk to, to a president. Um, You know, I I never thought I'd be in that position to get to just, you know, to have the opportunity where a president comes up to me and approaches me and talks to me. And, you know, I, was, I just thought it was really cool. Just that whole experience of those two days that, that you know, you're kind of the, the center of attention and the, the attention's on you. So I was kind of just trying to embrace that. And yeah, I, I still think it's a bit weird that I was able to have that conversation that easily with the, with the president, but
0: has yeah. the um has the big red nickname stuck?
2: Uh, yeah, I've got a few people calling me it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> back back here in Louisville. I don't know now. Do many people know about it back home? But uh, certainly a few people. In well, at the Walker Cup, I got called big red a, a good bit, and uh, yeah, certainly back here, a few people heard the story in Louisville where I'm at college, and a few people have called me it. So, I don't know if it will, but we'll see
0: that's an amazing story man it's once till uh, the grandkids that you were getting uh, abused by a, a president on the first day of the Walker Cup
2: yeah
0: <laughs> um, as you said you were paired with um, Mark Power um, uh, a for you know uh, very very well was that something he had asked for or was this something Captain identified straight away Is that's a strong pairing
2: well it's something I think myself and Mark identified you know I remember last time playing boys golf together we said to each other you know let's not make this the last time we play we play uh, foursomes together. Let's let's make sure that you know we get ourselves on a Walker Cup team or something, or you know, play at a different level. And uh, so I think when we were both announced on the team, I think that was automatically kind of an incentive for us to play together. Um, and then as the week went on, you know, the day I actually got sick, we were meant to be doing a bit of foursomes practice that day. Me. And um, myself and Mark were meant to be playing together but as it turned out uh, I couldn't play so Mark went with Joe Long and they played the back nine there which is very tough nine holes and they shot five under on that nine so you know after that I it, I, I was like okay maybe Mark will play with Joe because that's obviously you know that's exceptional golf on that back nine and obviously the captain must have liked what he saw out there so and even I texted Mark because the, the captain asked for our opinions a lot as well and even I texted Mark being like here look if you think you're going to work better with Joe I mean we're here to, to win more so than for you know our Eagles to be able to tell people that we played foursomes together in the Walker Cup. You know, I we're, we're here to win at the same time. So I texted Mark American, I said, look, if you want to go, with Joe, go ahead, no problem at all. If you want to tell the captain this, um, that that's what you want. I'm absolutely fine with that. And Mark said, no, look, I mean, it was just nine holes. I still want to, I still want to play mm-hmm. with you, and I still think we'll, we'll click pretty well together. So, um, yeah, thankfully, we didn't yeah we played two matches and won the most which was nice
0: yeah I was going to say you obviously clicked very well winning uh, the first point for GB in Ireland what's the feeling like when you make that point and you win that first point
2: yeah I think it was just so cool because um, you know obviously there's the whole hype about the American team over here because they're obviously the centre of attention they've been the centre of attention since they were 12 or 13 year old kids you know these big names on the American team and myself and Mark found each other three down after after nine Um, and actually we were three down twice in the match Um, three down after 10 I think as well and we got to the 13 still three down win 13 14 and 15 and all of a sudden we're all square I just said to Mark when we were going down 13 I said look this is a golf course full of mistakes let's allow them make the mistakes and let's just stick to what we do because me and Mark both knew that we were good enough to to win that point so we just you know played really smart golf the the rest of the way Um, sucked our game plan won 13 14 15 and uh, went down the 17th all square and thankfully I hit a nice shot in there and Mark, Mark had a good putt so we won that went one up and I think we said to each other going up 18 alright worst case scenario now is we were three down after 13 and we've got our team half a point you know that's that's worst case scenario yeah. um, and again just turned to each other and said look this is the stuff this is what we play golf for for moments like this you know this is the this is the stuff of dreams the stuff that you think about when you're out for a run with your earphones and you know going up the 18th hole in the Walker Cup with a one up lead that's that's the kind of opportunity that you relish so um, yeah got to the 18th green Mark left me a bit further than I would have liked after the first pot uh, I was a little bit nervy over that one but uh, yeah, thankfully I was able to get it done because Mark had been so good all day and um, I think we just we both played really well and just holding that winning pot was what we felt we deserved out of that match
0: Not much downtime then before the singles and uh, that match with Cole Hammer which was a, a bit of a ding dong battle
2: yeah, there actually was a lot of downtime, which was the problem. Ah. You know, there was a lot of, um, I, I, I talked to the captain and uh, earlier in the weekend, you know, a lot of guys like to go out first in the matches and get going early. And I said to the captain, look, I have no problem. If you want to put me out last, I have no problem, you know, being that anchor match because mm-hmm. there's kind of a lot of rides on, on that anchor match at times. So I said to the captain that I have no problem playing that role if if he wants me to. So went out last and um yeah, I mean, I was five down after nine. Cole was just playing exceptional golf early on. He was, you know, I, I was, thinking think, maybe one over after nine holes, and I, I found myself five down, and I was like, all right, this is not what I expected, you know. I was expecting to, to let him make the mistakes, but, I mean, he wasn't making mistakes. And I didn't want to push it all the same, you know. I didn't want to start going up going up flags or anything and dropping more shots. So I said, look, let's just, again, stick to the game plan and get myself back into this match and see where it takes me. Um, I don't want to give him anything, so... Uh, I won a few holes on the back nine won 10 12 13 I think I got back to two down and in fairness to Cole he he closed it out pretty well he uh, you know we both we traded birdies on 15 Both made birdie half that hole and then got to 17 I was two down and found myself in that in that bunker front and I don't know for, for those of you that watched it I mean I'm sure you know it's not the nicest place to be in the mm-hmm. 17th green it was fairly treacherous at times so yeah it was a, it was a tough way to finish what, was, what I thought was a good match for had to go battle out there and it was a lot of fun to to be a part of there's a lot of people are watching and stuff so yeah.
0: Given the the stomach bug issues that you had earlier in the week was playing two rounds on the Saturday an issue was it exhausting?
2: Yeah it was but I think when you're in the moment you don't notice that at all I mean you know you're so kind of amped up for you know, it's the singles game in the Walker Cup. It's not like you're, it's not like you you're going out to play singles in Kinsale and you feel like you have to go play. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you just really want to be there. So I think I think you can kind of get past that level of exhaustion for just one weekend. And I think I did. I mean, I can't blame that at all. I think the the only thing I found it tough to get off to a good start after a three hour wait in between the matches. I felt a bit kind of. Uh, foggy or something in my in my mind, you know, getting off to a good start it was it was difficult in both the matches I found. But um, obviously, Cole found a way to deal with it pretty well. He was four under after nine, so hmm. something I could probably look into.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Sunday comes around then again your your uh with Mark Power and a, a good win over um, Pack and uh, Coody and uh, a tough battle in that one as well.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean they're. They're, uh, you know, the number two and four-ranked player in the world. You know, all the, the American team put them out first. And yet I think with the anticipation of just getting that guaranteed point out early, you know, putting their their two highest-ranked players out and just getting a point on the board, which is what they needed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, myself and Mark just stocked our game plan really well. We started, uh, we birdied the first, birdied the second, and eagle the third. And, you know, that was kind of exactly what we needed we needed you know we knew we were out first we knew we needed to send a bit of momentum back to the boys behind us and um yeah just really happy with how we managed to start off that match and we kind of just had control of it from there and well, sorry we had control of it all the way until the 17th where uh they we made bogey and they made parent got back to all square after 17 so that was kind of the the opposite of the day before where they had the momentum, you know. Um, after the 17th hold they they had all the momentum they had 117 to get to all square they were thinking alright we can steal something out of this but uh, again myself and Mark I was just really pleased with how we managed to deal with that situation because we were obviously under a lot of pressure and um, we yeah we were all square going down the last and it just Pearson and Cootie hit, hit the second shot and obviously rolled down onto the range and it was a really tough second shot uh, so I just knew that all I had to do was was hit the green because Mark was putting great so all I needed to do was hit the green and Mark would take care of the rest and thankfully it was yeah, probably one of the best shots I've ever hit um, under that pressure one of the toughest screens in the course to hit and just pulled it off at the right time and again that's the kind of thing that you, know, you dream of even as a kid just or it's a thing you stand on the range and you're like, you're just picturing yourself hitting these five irons in the, in the Walker Cup or in a big moment like that. And it was just so cool to be able to pull that one off. And it was just kind of surreal. Like myself and Mark just both turned to each other. And like in the sport of golf, you know, you never get too excited. You never have like the opportunity to, to celebrate or, you know, give out a big fist pump or anything. But. After I hit that second shot, myself and Mark just both turned to each other and we were just shouting at each other for a few seconds, and it was pretty cool just to, to be able to experience something like that and to, to you know have a bit of fun on the golf course like that in the moment like that.
0: Yeah, sounds great. But um, heading into the singles, then the USA get the five points they need to, to retain the Walker Cup. I mean, like how disappointing was that? I mean, like consider like they were the favourites, you were going in there as the underdogs, but you pushed them all the way.
2: Yeah, we did, and I mean, it was just you know it was so cool to to have that opportunity I guess it would have I mean we were obviously words can't describe how, how good we were afterwards because we knew we did have the opportunity but just being a part of that team room the whole week you know it was just there were so many cool moments like uh, going into the Sunday single their captain kind of uh, just sat us down and said look we're we're so in this like you know all the pressure's on them we, we have everything that it takes you know everybody's talking about how they should be way ahead but you know I think I think, to say it the least, he should be at least tied or winning this this game. You know, we we kind of handed them a few points here and there, and we felt like we really should have been in control of that game at that point. And um, just after he gave this this speech, we were just in the team room, and it was it was actually kind of like after he gave the speech everybody just started like you know clapping and and shouting and I hadn't experienced anything like that since I was in like a team room for championship or something GA so um, you know it was just really cool everybody was really kind of pumped and ready to go and um, yeah I mean unfortunately it didn't work out for us in the end we got a couple um, you know we had a couple big points swing the other direction in times that we needed them to, to swing in our direction and it turned out to just be the difference of you know one match losing or one match winning as opposed to one match win, uh, losing in mm-hmm. the end so um, that's just the way it pans out sometimes and you know we were we were gutted afterwards we really were um, but I think we also had great appreciation for what we'd done you know obviously there was loads of talk around uh, around you know Alex Fitzpatrick is an exceptional golfer Matt Fitzpatrick's younger brother he's just mm-hmm. you know so good at golf and um, incredible to have in the team room, really good player. And, you know, he, he, he actually didn't win a match that week, which, you know, a lot of the attention on the team was, was around him. Um, and he didn't win a match that week. And, you know, to think that we, that we came that close with, with our best player kind of uh, not playing as he would have liked is, you know, the, there is certainly kind of a, an achievement in itself in that, that we were able to, to come so close against the Americans on their home course, um, you know, with all that expectation that they're going to blow us out of the water, th- there was something to, to be proud of in that, I think. And I think we were all kind of very, in one sense, satisfied with how we played that week. But obviously, it would have been nice to, to take the trophy home.
0: What was the reaction like from everyone back home who, who had to watch on TV?
2: Yeah, I was actually baffled by, I mean, I I think I checked my, uh, I was saying I had three hours between tea times and after the Saturday morning, I just like went onto my phone and uh, I, I was trying to stay away from my phone as well as I could but obviously you know you're going to just glance through it once yeah. or whatever and went onto Instagram and it said I'd be mentioned in 72 stories and I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, you know, I thought like you know my family and a couple of people around the town would be watching but like I didn't realise you know there was literally people all over Ireland following us and uh, I think myself and Mark took great satisfaction that, that you know we we knew especially on the Sunday when we knew we would all those people watching us and you know we had all that we gained that much attention back home it was really cool to be able to to go out and knowing that there was that many people following us and supporting us and be able to play that well but yeah certainly I mean my family and I have been blown away by texts and uh, I think uh we we got a lot of positive attention from that week just because I think we you know we fought really well we um we showed a lot of spirit out there and I think a lot of people uh, a lot of people appreciated that about us and yeah, certainly, I got a lot more attention than I thought I would have for, for an amateur event. But um, it's easy to get caught up in all that as well. Mm-hmm. Though you know, I, as I said, I just kind of tried to put my phone away afterwards and focus on the next task at hand because you know there's uh, there's a long way to go to get to, to eventually where we want to be. So it's you know you can't get too caught up in it too early.
0: So what's next now? I think is is it the U.S. Open qualifiers in a couple of weeks?
2: Uh, yeah, we actually have the national championship uh, next week, which is. I suppose, yeah, it's it's no secret anymore. It's going to be my last amateur event. Um, the national championship to, to, you know, it's it's with the college team over here. We qualified for the fifth time in program history yesterday. So um, we are going there next week in Arizona. Um, so that will be the last time I, I teed up as an amateur. And then we'll, I'll play the U.S. Open qualifier straight after that. And depending on how that goes, I'll either come back home to Ireland or stay, um, stay over here for the U.S. Open. And... Yeah, we'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how things pan out. It's just all so conditional right now. So I'm just mm. trying to take it one step at a time and get ready for the national championship next week in, in Arizona.
0: And that'll be a bittersweet moment You're at your last tournament as an amateur it's at the end of a, a massive chapter in your life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been very lucky to, to get to experience the things that I have as an amateur. You know, I've, been, I've got to tour all over the world. I've got to you know just meet so many great people and seen so many great places and certainly I'm I'm going to miss my amateur days because it just provides you with so many incredible opportunities and as I said just the people that I've got to share with have been great even my teammates over here you know I'm going to miss living with there's two Irish lads on my team over here that I'm going to miss living with and and spending every day with so um but I mean I I feel like I'm ready for the next step and to, to turn professional so yeah we'll see.
0: Excellent, we certainly will. John, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, buddy. Um, congrats on, on an excellent showing at the Walker Cup, and uh, we'll be certainly watching your career with great interest as you turn professional. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Really good chat to John Murphy about his uh, experience at the Walker Cup and what an incredible couple of days that was. I mean, like uh, the uh, stomach bug issue that ran through the camp and meeting George Bush and playing so very, very well over the couple of days. Very, very good stuff from John Murphy. And look, he's got a massive career ahead of him. And we'll certainly be keeping an eye on him Uh, as he turns professional Uh, but yeah very very best of luck uh, to John uh, in his uh, future endeavours really looking forward to seeing what he does next Alright just going to recap some of the uh, Premier League games and get some reaction from them a couple of clips of uh, some of the players and uh, Leicester City missing out on the Champions League place today after they lost 4-2 at home to Tottenham as they finished fifth a point behind Chelsea they lost 2-1 away to Aston Villa Uh, their goalkeeper Kasper Schmeichel says they have to look at the bigger picture
1: It's disappointing at the moment yeah. but i think when we uh when we look back we reflect you know we've uh, we won the fa cup this season and uh we've taken it again to the last day you know i'd rather i'd rather be doing that and missing out than, than just sitting in mid-table yeah. and, and doing nothing
0: uh, so that means that Tottenham will play in the new the new Europa Conference League next season after they won four two today. Uh, that means that they finished seventh. Gareth Bale, who's been back on loan at the club from Real Madrid, scoring twice today. Uh, but he says it's still a bit uncertain about his future, and it will take a while before it becomes clear.
2: It'll just have to be. It'll have to happen after the Euros. Um, I know. I know what I'm doing. But um, yeah, it'll just cause chaos if I say anything.
0: <laughs> that's very very honest can't say much because it'll cause chaos uh, Liverpool have secured a place in next season's Champions League after their 2 win over Crystal Palace on the final day they finished third the former champions look likely to miss out Europe's league competition but won their last five games an incredible run as I mentioned earlier eight win two draws in the last ten games and uh, Captain Jordan Henderson says it was touch and go
3: during the season we didn't really cope very well with certain things, not only just the fans but injuries and things like that. But at the end of the day we finished strongly, got the job done to get Champions League and next season we know we need to be better.
0: And uh, West Ham uh, 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 qualifying for the Europa League today, they uh, secured sixth place with a 3-0 win against Southampton and uh, their midfielder Rice says it's a huge achievement. I'm buzzing, delighted, so on the goal I'm, I'm happy to score today because obviously I missed the penalty against West Brom So to score today, to end the season, get Europa League after last year what we went
1: through, you know it's a massive day for the club
0: Yeah a massive day indeed and uh, a good uh, finish uh, for uh, West Ham and uh, to, uh, to get uh, European football and the Europa League a fantastic achievement for them uh, and a great result for the Irons today at the uh, USPGA Championship Phil Mickelson teeing off in just about 35 minutes time he's on 7 under par one shot clear of Brooks Kupka and uh, two shots clear of Louis West so it should be uh, an enjoyable evening golf uh, there at Kiowa Island and uh, best of the Irish Shane Lowry is 1 over par uh, Paul I should say is best of the Irish he is uh, even par at uh, 3-6 holes and uh, are one under through six holes even par for the tournament Shane Laurie, even par through six as well he's playing alongside Poddy Carrington uh, one over for the tournament Roy McAloy though uh, four over he is one under today um Disappointing weekend for him. Had a lot of hopes heading into, into the USPG, of course, if anywhere he has won uh, in the past. But a uh, disappointing uh, weekend for him. But uh, one under so far, and he is uh, currently playing the final hole there. But that's pretty much it from us for tonight's show on the Big Red Bench. Thanks indeed. For tuning our way. If you missed any of our show, the podcast will be online in just a bit. A reaction from Kieran Kingston after Cork's win today over Westmeath. And uh, that interview with John Murphy as well will be online, as is our chat with Glenville about uh, their fantastic fundraiser. Uh, Run Walker Cycle 252k from Glenville to Cork Park between now and the end of August. Very, very easy indeed. Uh, get that online redfm.ie and follow us on Twitter as well at Big Red Bench we're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Conor Halpin's up next with Green and Red three hours of the best Irish music coming your way right here on Cork's Red FM enjoy the rest of your Sunday folks I'll chat you next weekend